Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm very excited about my next guest. You know, we talk a lot about not only your business condition, but your condition. Are you in good shape? Are you doing the right things so that you're going to have a successful uh, retirement, so you're going to be happy and healthy for a long period of time? My next guest is Bill Ross with Major League Conditioning Centers in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're going to talk about the fitness puzzle. Uh, they they go around, uh, Bill goes uh, to a lot of groups like Vistage, for instance, Vistage International, where he talks to business owners and educates the public with cutting-edge philosophies on nutrition and exercise. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Bill, tell us a little bit about Major League Conditioning Centers. How did you start it, and what does it do? Well, it used to be called something else before I uh, changed the name. The reason I changed the name is, uh, oh, about 25 years ago, I was uh, I got into Major League Baseball as probably the very first strength and conditioning coach. As a matter of fact, that name didn't even exist when I got when I created the job for them. Uh, so oh. I thought, well, what a great name, Major League, yeah, conditioning center. So we're we're really a personal training center, and we really focus on individual attention and education. So this is one of the reasons, one of my favorite things to do is go around company to company or whenever I have a chance to educate people on where the education in nutrition and exercise is ultimately going to go to. And there's a lot of um, information or disinformation floating around. So let's work on dispelling a few myths today. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, the concept of the ideal timing of a workout. A lot of people say 30 minutes is the ideal time for a workout. Do do 30-minute workouts work? Well, it's funny because I started 30-minute workouts, the concept, probably around 25 years ago, which was probably 10 to 15 years ahead of the curve. And I was one of those guys that I used to train people for an hour, hour and a half. Heck, I used to train myself for two to three hours a day, thought I was in great shape. Problem was... um, couldn't sleep well at night. My body was always breaking down, uh, even though I thought I was in great shape. And one night about four o'clock in the morning, the concept of a 30-minute workout really hit me. And it totally made sense. And the more and more I did it, the better and better results we got. And then I had to figure out, wait, why am I getting twice the results in training just 30 minutes, just three times a week, instead of two to three hours, five to six days a week? It didn't make a lot of sense based upon that time, the current exercise philosophy. And so I've had to really rethink how the body works and how exercise works and how nutrition works. So when it comes down to it, a 30-minute workout, if done properly, is absolutely the perfect thing to go. And if you think about it this way, what does exercise do, Bill? What What does it really do to your body? Do you know? Well, it gets your heart rate going. It gets it gets you uh, it heats up your body, right? Well, in, in all reality, exercise tears your body down. When you're exercising, you're pumping the muscles up with blood, which is causing microscopic muscle tears. You're actually weakening your body. I mean, come on, when you're done working out, do you feel stronger? No, you should feel <laughs> no. weak, maybe a little bit shakier, right? 
the mm-hmm. reality is exercise weakens your body. So if you just remember that aspect, then it becomes very important how much you weaken the body down based upon how quickly your body recovers. Because if you're always tearing the body down, when does it have chance to recover and actually improve? Makes make sense. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the actual, the reality is that for an average person, it takes anywhere from 40 to 68 hours for an average person to fully recover from an average workout. So if it takes that long to recover, that's two to three days. Why would you want to keep working out more and more and more? You're, you end up defeating your purpose, and ultimately your body is just going to say, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm going to shut down, I'm going to have an injury, or something's going to break. And that's not what we want, especially as baby boomers. You know, it's hard enough to stay active as it is, and when we do get hurt, it takes a whole lot longer to recover mm-hmm. from an injury than it did when we were in our 20s or 30s. Right, right. And so when when we're talking about the 30-minute workout, it, it just seems like a lot of people might say, well, I can't I can't do very much in 30 minutes. Uh, is, it, is it an intense 30 minutes that you're talking about? Well, the funny thing is our people never get sore. You never get sore. And it's the right amount of exercise. It's like if you're gonna, if you're a chef, right? You're gonna bake something. You're gonna bake a cake. Well, a lot of it has to do with how that cake turns out. Is well, what what kind of temperature are you gonna cook it at, and how long are you gonna cook it for? And that's exactly what you're doing with your body. Is how long, how long are we gonna exercise for, and at what intensity? Because again, it gets down to how far do you want to break the body down. Now, of course, that's all dependent upon what kind of shape that person is to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. So, so what you're saying is, uh, no pain, no gain is it goes out the window here in this situation. I like We're not... no pain, no pain. You know, no pain, no pain. <laughs> no pain, no pain. Um, okay. Yeah, a lot of those things are. I mean, and some of the other myths that I'd like to say is we've all grown up believing in the calorie in, calorie out principle. I mean, everyone I talk to, when I ask them, they go, yeah, it's all about calories. You know, how many calories I consume versus how many do I burn? And the funny thing is, that's not how it works. That puts us in a more of an unhealthy position than we should be. Uh, and this is the thing that I'm trying to change in, in our society is to get away from the calorie counting mentality. And the reason for that is, I'm going to ask you a simple question I'd ask everybody else. How many calories does it take for your body to run in a healthy manner every day. In other words, what's your metabolism supposed to be? Take a guess. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say uh, a couple thousand. Yeah. For an average-sized male, it's 2,700 calories. For females, 2,000 calories. Now, that doesn't include exercise or physical work. So mm-hmm. that's how many calories it takes your body to do all the processes that it needs to do to keep you healthy. So my question to you, Bill, is if you give your body 1,500 calories, is it going to be able to, to be healthy? I would imagine not. And, and this of now you're not. saying the 2,700 is not accounting into the fact that you've done any extra work just in your normal going about your day without the workout? That's correct. That's what an average-sized male's body burns. In other words, depending upon their muscle, uh, how much muscle they have, height, weight, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, it takes energy for your body to replicate uh, cells. You know, this is what it's working on all the time. Now, if it doesn't get the energy required for those cells to do its work, then something has to give, and it's not going to be fat. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right? Okay. So the idea is to not 
so much teach people what to eat, all right, as we've all thought. The key is to teach people how to eat. In other words, how to keep their body nourished so that their body no longer thinks that it's in a starvation mode so that it has to protect itself. Got it. Okay. I did, you know, I have trained literally thousands upon thousands of people, and I've trained probably hundreds of people well over 400 pounds. Probably the largest guy I ever worked with was 750 pounds, and wow. we're guesstimating on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Big yeah. Um mm-hmm. Do you take a guess at how many calories typically a four to 500 cal- uh, pound person eats per day? Just how guess. much they eat per day? How many um, calories? In calories? Uh, uh, 5,000. Sure, most people think five to 10,000, right? Because we think it's about calories. The reality is they don't eat that much. It's typically right around 2,000 calories. Oh, which, by the way, is what the FDA recommends a person consuming every day. So tell okay. me, if a person is eating 2,000 calories a day or less, how they can be five, 600 pounds? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, and it's, it seems like with all that weight, they would be burning even more just to move around if they are moving yeah. around. Yeah, see, and there's so many questions that are, cannot be explained by the theory of calories in, calories out. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of them. I mean, when I was a when I first started out almost 30 years ago as a trainer, you know, I had these same philosophies as everybody else, and and I'd get these clients that were so large, and we'd do food journals, and I'd get these things back, and they're like. 1,800 calories, 2,000 calories, usually right around there. And I'm thinking, well, they're lying to me. This can't be Mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. But when you see it time after time after time, you're like, wait a minute. Why is this person so overweight when they're eating the same amount of calories as this other person who can't gain weight? You know, it's like, why are they so different? Somehow their body's not processing the food or they're not eating the right types of food. Is that what it boils down to? That's what we would think. But it's not really the types of food that's getting them in trouble. It's how they eat their foods. Oh, okay. Typically, where people go wrong is they think, in order to lose weight, I've got to starve myself, right? Because that's what we've always gone with. Mm -hmm. And it works Mm -hmm. for a while, but then it stops working. And what ends up happening is people start skipping meals. And typically, they're going to skip uh, they want to skip lunch, right? They're at work, especially uh, you know if you're an entrepreneur or whatever, you're busy, you're at work. I could really stand to work through my lunch hour. So if they know they're going to skip lunch, then typically they're going to overeat for breakfast. Okay. So that when it comes lunchtime, they're not even hungry. And they go, oh, what a great deal. And, of course, they start losing weight. But the problem is the weight that they're losing isn't really fat. It's something else. And then they get used to that. And what ends up happening is it becomes how they start eating. They start eating one to two large meals a day mm-hmm. instead of the proper way, as we've all heard, right, is to have five or six smaller meals throughout the day. I call them snacks. Better yet, I call it grazing. Yeah. And the, and that's how you eat. I don't even care what you're eating. I mean, if you saw me eat, Bill, you'd be going, are you kidding me? How do you get away <laughs> with eating that? As a matter of fact, on the back of my book, I have a picture of me eating hamburgers because that's my favorite food group. Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks there's something wrong with a hamburger. And the reality is what, you know, I mean, there are good hamburgers and bad hamburgers, of course. But what is a hamburger? Pretty much it's protein, you know, right? And these are the same people telling you don't eat a hamburger, but yet you need to eat more protein. Well, wait, you can't have it both ways. 
so you know you'll have a protein in the in the meat. You might have some vegetables. You put your lettuce, tomato, pickles, whatever. Um, probably the worst part of a hamburger is going to be the bun. But even that is not so critical if your body is getting all the nourishment out of what you're eating. So you're probably thinking, Bill. Okay, well, what's the key, right? Yeah, what's yeah? Key, it's because it it seems like people are talking about protein, cholesterol, mix, and all this kind of stuff, and then the carbs added into there. So, yeah, tell oh, us what I the know. key is. Yeah, the car- you know, I feel so sorry for, for carbohydrates because they're getting such a bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks that that's, you know, for a while it was fat, now it's calories, now it's carbs. And in carbs, you know, you need carbs. They're, they're an essential nutrient, just like you need fats, and just like you need proteins, minerals, and vitamins, and water. you got to have them, all right? Right, yeah. But the main key to all of us being healthier is improving our digestion. The key to proper health is digestion. I tell people I would rather you eat the wrong foods the right way in order to digest them rather than eating the right foods the wrong way. Because if your mm-hmm. body can't digest or, in other words, break the foods down small enough so that it has an opportunity to be absorbed into the body – it really doesn't matter what you're eating. So if you're eating all the right foods, but your body can't get it anyways, who cares what you ate? Your body's still starving. Now, there's been a lot of discussion over the years about food combinations, but I think what what you're getting at is we, we overload our systems with too much food, and that's the wrong thing to do. Absolutely. Think about this, Bill. If you're doing your laundry, you're going home, you got all this laundry stored up for two weeks, and you're kind of lazy, right? So you're a college kid, let's say it that way. Okay. You go home, you're going to use your parents' washing machine, right? What are you going to do? You're probably going to stuff as many clothes into that washer as you can. Right. What's going to happen to uh, the clothes? Uh, not much. <laughs> yeah. Not going to get very clean, is it? No, no. Well, your You've stomach overloaded, works. overloaded the system, okay? Absolutely. Your stomach works exactly the same way as your washing machine. They both use agitation, which is the purpose of the stomach muscles. They also use water, and they use detergent. And what is detergent really but nothing more than a combination of acids and enzymes, mm-hmm. which is exactly what your stomach uses. So if you know your clothes aren't going to clean because the acids and the enzymes can't work properly on, the, on the, the dirt in the clothes, then guess what? When you overeat, your body cannot break those foods down small enough in three to three and a half hours because that's the time it has so that when it enters into your t- intestinal tract, if it's not broken down small enough by that time, the chances of you absorbing any of the real nutritional value in that food is, is close to none. I asked, a, and this is going back you know, 25, 30 years ago, I asked probably the leading expert in the world who happened to be a friend of mine, I, I asked him, I said, if you took an average person consuming the average kind of food, eating it the average kind of way, how much of what they're eating do you think is really being absorbed into their body? Huh. You want to take a guess at what that number might be? I, I, would, uh, I would assume 50% or better. Uh, how about 5 to 30%? Wow. It's not much. No, that's not much at all. That explains it's a lot. It's not much at all. Exactly. So then when you break that, take just take 25% example. Let's say you're following the FDA, right, of eating 2,000 calories a day, but you're only getting 25% of that. Well, that's only 500 calories. 
Now, if you're getting 500 calories absorbed in your body, but your body, remember we talked about your metabolism, it needs 2,700 calories? Mm-hmm. Houston, we have a problem. Your, your body cannot properly function. So let's go back to the – so is it its quantity and is it also the combination of foods that you eat because some foods require different types of digestive acids or different processes? Well, basically, um, yes and no. I think that food combining has gone gone too far, if you will. Um, I'm sure there's some value to that. But, again, the things that are really, really important I, in a nutshell, if you would, would be – the kinds of foods that you eat, because some foods are easier to digest than others, no doubt. Um, how you chew your food, do you chew it or do you not? You know, if you, I've actually had people lose up to five pounds in one week just from learning to chew their food. Hmm. That's, wow. that's how big that is, right? Mm-hmm. I think the next biggest thing is your portion sizes. That is probably the most critical thing a person can control. And remember, your st- you know how big your stomach is? Size of your fist? You remember? The size of your fist, same size as your heart. So if you think about that, that's not a whole lot of food. So if you can limit your larger meals, if you will, to something that size, then you're really not going to have a problem. But then we go a little bit further. So the things that I think a, a person needs to assist themselves in improving their digestion would be certain dietary supplements, primarily digestive enzymes. And the reason I say that is because even though your body does produce digestive enzymes, it's a limited quantity over your lifespan. And some people run out sooner than others. So Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be a problem if we ate all our foods in more of a raw state because in the raw state, the foods have their own proper digestive enzymes built right in. But the problem is when we cook our foods, we've destroyed those enzymes. And now most of us eat processed food, right, which is anything that comes in a can, a bag, or a box. It's processed, meaning right, the enzymes right. have been removed, and, and that's all it means. So now there's no enzymes in the foods, and so now your body has to do all the, the work itself, and as we age, it can't do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. So this is why a lot of us, all of a sudden, as we get to a certain age, we, we can't... Um, we don't eat those foods anymore because they make us sick. You know, I, I can't eat that anymore, you know, lactose intolerance, whatever. And it's, it's simply because you're no longer producing the proper enzymes to break that food down. So certain supplementation is a wonderful thing. However, it's a very controversial subject because the average person doesn't know what to look for when it comes to what kind of products should they be taking, who they should be taking them from, et cetera, et cetera. Bill, it's, it's all it's fascinating. You've got me just on the side of my chair here. I'm I'm been taking notes, <laughs> and uh, uh, it's wonderful information. And I I wish we had more time today to go through it. But I hope you'll come back and we can talk more about this, get deeper into this, because we just turned the corner on the supplementation idea. But I want to point out that our listeners can go to your website and find your book, The Fitness Puzzle, and tell tell them how they can get that book. Um, again. We have two websites, MajorLeagueConditioning.com or 30MinuteWorkout.com, which is 30MinuteWorkout.com. takes you to both the same places. And um, just leave a message for me, uh, and we can get a book out to you. You Soon we We, hope to have more, but we've kind of run out of books, so uh, we're, we're trying to get some more books back in. 
Well, we covered a lot of ground today. You know, you talked about the fact that 30-minute workouts are better for your body than than constantly working out and tearing down your body, and especially nutritionally, how to how to eat the right amounts of food and and give your body a fighting chance to digest more than the 25% that most of us get. Great information, exactly. and I really appreciate you coming on, and I I really mean that. I look forward to the next time uh, you come on because we'll pick up where we left off and move more into the uh, the uh, supplemental. Um, uh, options that are out there and your cutting edge philosophies. So again, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. I've been talking with Bill Ross. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. So please stay tuned. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone, keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com. The information station for age 50 plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well planned. We upload new one minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 